another week of wrestling, another episode of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. This is your hosts, Corey Richmond, joined pretty much as always by Jason Brooks. Another crazy week in wrestling. We've got TNA not not paying people on time, resulting in uh, if at best adequate announcer, you know, leaving the company. We've got you know the internet's favorite son, Daniel Bryan, being taken off of the European tour. Um, and a whole lot more, including the Briscoes making the decision. Uh, Jason, how you doing today? And uh, how, how's it go? Uh, it's pretty good. Um, this week has been beautiful weather in upstate New York, so that's been fantastic. Um, I can't wait to have a, a an adult beverage after work tomorrow outside. Um, so yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, work's been a little crazy with the testing and everything, but a lot going on in wrestling, and really more stuff backstage than what's happening, because uh, Raw is not anything to write home about. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get to Raw in a few minutes, but I want to start off with, you know, which might be the biggest story post-Mania, and it's not the Briscoes deciding to resign with ROH, or Taz, you know, deciding to take his ball and go home amicably, appears like. But, like I said before, the, the internet darling, Daniel Bryant, has been sent home from the European tour. I mean... We don't have any specifics on how on why this is. The, the rumor is from everywhere you look, and it's one that makes the most sense, is that the surgery that he had or the pain remedy he was going through to go and make his neck better appears to have been having some problems. I mean, and that might be the reason why that, you know, everybody's favorite internet darling wasn't in a higher up match on the card where it could be a trust issue on what they're going to do with him. I mean, ever since he had a match on SmackDown with Sheamus a couple of weeks back, he's been he's either been not on TV or he's been doing, you know, six-man tag matches on all these house shows with uh, Ryback and, I believe, Dolph Ziggler or some other people. So, I mean, maybe the reason that he wasn't pushed to face Brock Lesnar wasn't because, you know, the McMahons take the little guy. It might be because he's not healthy enough to do it. Yeah, I mean, this is bad. I mean, this is bad. You know, we've talked about the neck injury, and 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 listen, you 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 made the point exactly that I was gonna make. We ripped the WWE for not pushing the little guy, not pushing Brian, but but they had to know that these neck angle had a similar procedure, and the edge and edge had a similar procedure, and it cut Edge's career short. And Edge has said in interviews that he regrets not having had the full neck surgery. And that would have taken him out a lot longer. Same thing with Brian. He probably would have been out forever. However, he was able to come back soon surgery and the, you know, whatever, you know, what they, whatever they did for him in terms of basically making the necks okay. One of the ish, other issues that WWE seems to have, and of course, is these rumors. A lot of it reported by Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, is that, the, that his style didn't change. And the WWE wasn't crazy about him not changing his style. I mean, Court, we mentioned that and talked about that on this very podcast, that he needs to change his style. He needs to switch things up. And all we saw was him doing literally the same stuff that he did, the suicide dives, the diving headbutt, the drop kick, like all those things in his arsenal. And, yeah, they made him great. But I feel like he still could have been good without that stuff. And now he's at a point where, what do you do with him? 
what do you do with this guy? And I, I feel bad. I, he's one of the top five wrestlers in the world as far as just in-ring work. He's just, he's amazing. But he's 34 and he's, his neck is in this bad of shape. It's bad. And, and I don't know what this says about the longevity potentially of his career. You know, before he came back, we heard these rumors about him retiring and, you know, all these issues with his neck. So, you know, I'm not, I'm just not sure where they go with him. I don't know why he didn't change his style. I guess that's the thing that confuses me the most, is why didn't he change his style? Maybe he felt like I had to go out like I went in. I don't know. But I, I think it's really, I mean, he, he hasn't been going that many months. He came back in January, and it's April. I mean, that's four months, and he's already having all these issues. So this really, really doesn't bode well for him um, and, you know, his career moving forward. And it's a shame. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe it's as simple as he's got to just take a little time. And when he had this procedure or whatever he did, the doctor said he had to do, you know, certain, you know, exercises every day to strengthen uh, his neck. Maybe that's all this is. They had taken him off the road so he can go and take some time, do these exercises, help strengthen up the neck again. Maybe something that needs, you know, maintenance that's done. I mean, would I be surprised in a couple of weeks, couple of months, we have a similar thing with Edge? That's worst-case scenario where he retires. Is it possible? Yeah. Would I like to see it? Of course not. But take this to another way of thinking for one second. He's already been stripped of a title once. Once they did it in storyline mode with the authority and it helped build the authority into more of, you know, the dickish people that they are. And can they go and do you think that there's a chance that we don't see him versus Wade Barrett in two weeks and they strip him of the title again? And if they do, does he have to come? I know we're going more for storyline for a second, but it just popped in my head. Do we have to go and if, if, it's, if it's as bad as it is, does he have to go out there on either this Monday or next Monday and relinquish the title? Because I think it would become just almost make people think it's just another storyline if the authorities strip him again of a title. Um, I think people, I mean, yes and no. I mean, We know. We know that this I, isn't a war. I, I think we know, and I think, a lot of the fa- I think a lot of the fans know. I think a lot of the fans will know that there's an issue at that point. Um, that's what I suspect. Um, obviously, the kids and stuff won't, but I think most of the other fans will probably know, either through word of mouth, or through rumors pages, or through, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that's what I would suspect. But, yeah, I mean, they could write them off. They could do the authority thing. I don't know if that would make sense. I think they'd be better off putting the heat on one of their guys, either Seamus or Barrett, rather than putting the heat on Triple H. He doesn't need it. He's a, You know, we already know where he's at. Uh, the way they're building it, it definitely seems like they're building for Seamus. So it sounds like he would be the guy maybe to take him out in some type of attack. Again, very similar to last year, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I see Sheamus or Barrett really taking the heat as far as, you know, maybe injuring him, quote-unquote, and that's why he can't defend his title. But then, you know, then the other question, Corey, trying to interrupt, I know you're getting ready to speak, is now what is the IC title? I mean, they were branding SmackDown as the IC division. Every week the commercials were, what is Brian going to do with the IC title? 
What's he going to do? With I mean, the IC title was the focus of their show. Now, if Brian is stripped of it or is hurt and can't, whatever it is, now what, what's the IC title going to be? Is it going to be back to where it was, barely on the show? It's an interesting point, and I think that that's, that's the least of the problems right now on what's the opinion of the, the fans of the IC title. But you know what? Going back for a second, you think about it. If things, if the company was this worried and they weren't putting him in a major match, why do you put him in a ladder match? The most, the, by far, the most dangerous match besides being in a ring with Brock Lesnar. He, he barely did anything in the ladder match. He he was totally protected in the ladder match. He barely did anything, and I, the ladder match is not the problem. Oh no, I understand the main that. I know. Match, the matches on Raw. The, the everything else you can you can protect the guy in the ladder match. Kane has wrestled in ladder matches where he hasn't done much. He took no big bumps in the ladder match. The ladder match wasn't the problem. It was all it was him doing a dive and headbutt. It was him doing a suicide dives. It was him taking all these bumps on his neck. That was the problem, not a freaking ladder match where he was protected. Yes, initially we thought it was a bad idea, but they, he actually was pretty well protected in the match. The problem is, what has he been doing? Why is he still doing the same moveset? Doesn't make any sense to me. Why in the world is he doing the same moveset? It's a great question. Uh, it's, like I said, he's he's one of mine. He's one of your favorites. Guys that we, you know, if we're going, we pay to see. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with him in this next couple of months to, to see what they do with him. And I think, you know, it could be a very interesting question. To, to little branch off of this conversation is if Daniel Bryan is done or has to be gone for a while again, what baby face do you think goes and takes his spot? Or do you think it's just the John Cena show and a bunch of other stale baby faces besides, you know, possibly trying to get Roman Reigns back over again? Is there a guy who is going to get the, will get the rub? Will it be a Dean Ambrose who's been buried in, you know, with Luke Harper, which should be great matches, but Barry, will it be Dolph Ziggler? There's a guy like uh, Neville. Does he take that big jump coming up at the right time? Do we get another NXT guy? Is there someone out there? I mean, I hate to think it's going to be Ryback, because as much as Ryback has gotten better, he's still Ryback. I mean, he... I'd say... I mean, I would say Ziggler, the way they featured him on TV so much, but, you know, Ryback was in that triple threat match for the number one contender... And I think that he seems to win most of his matches on television. Could be him. Um, could be Ziggler. I mean, it's weird because Ziggler's, um, you know, they built SmackDown almost more as the wrestling show. You know, they have good matches on SmackDown. They feature guys that, quote-unquote, adult internet fans like. Um, oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes. So, you know, I don't know if Ziggler would be the guy more than Ryback, but... They're going to need to do something. And I like their idea on SmackDown um, of having Brian be, you know, kind of the basically basically a brand split, like a quasi-brand split. Um, but, you know, it looks like they're going to have to rethink all that now because Brian was a billable, marketable star. And as much as we love Dolph Ziggler and we don't really love Ryback, neither one of them are on his level at all. So they're gonna have to figure that out. I agree. Um, any any other thoughts on Ziggler before we move on to some other things, or 
any more points on him you want to you want to bring up? And before that, I just want to say we've ne- we've never had the honor of having him on the show, but if Dave Meltzer brings up a story, he is by far one of the most reliable guys on the internet. When it, so if he says something, you take it with much more grain of salt than almost anyone else online. So we just want to put that out there. The Wrestling Observer, which we're getting a lot of the information about this story, is someone that we take with a lot of respect his work. So that's why we're talking about it in such a way, not just saying WWE.com said they took him off the uh, the road. Yeah. Now, this is what I'm going to ask you before we move on. Sure. Do we give the WWE some credit here? They didn't put him in a main match, and we heard from people like Dave Meltzer and other sources that one of the reasons is because they were scared of his injury history. Do we now have to say, you know what? The WWE had a point. You had this little guy wrestling this crazy, impactful style with a neck injury. We can't push him to the moon. Do we give, Do we give them a little credit? Uh, I, do we give him credit for, for for protecting somebody, but also leading into the biggest show of the year having horrible booking? Um, I guess you got to give him credit the fact that they've stopped they they you know stopped the guy who mostly would would love to you know would, if he had his way would die in the ring from actually doing something like that. They did this before with Kurt Angle. They've you know they're doing it with Daniel Bryan. You got to give him credit for that. Yeah, I guess you got to give him credit. I mean, I don't know how much credit to give people someone realizing, just like the, you know, the angle thing, you don't want someone dying in your ring. So, I mean, I guess you got to give him credit the fact that they're taking precautions, but uh, I don't know. I think you got to give him some credit, but I'm not going to go and say, good job, WWE. Your booking sucks, but you decided to go and uh, get the guy who the fans like. But why did the, why did the booking suck? Why did it suck? Because we didn't believe in who? Reigns. Why didn't we believe in Reigns? We didn't think he was the guy. Who do we think could be the guy? Brian. And now we see with Brian's injury that he maybe wasn't the guy. So they didn't really have any choice with the booking as it turns out. I mean, I don't want to get into a discussion of just killing the WWE booking decisions, but if you go and you build guys earlier in the year, like a Dean Ambrose, like a Dolph Ziggler, and not, you know, start and stop pushes every three seconds, if you go, I mean, as much as we both, you know, at this point of, of, the, of his career don't think he's, you know, should be the man, you know, Randy Orton was there, didn't have to be sitting out for, you know, an extra two months, even though the movie was done, you know, being being filmed. I mean, there's other directions you could have gone. Hey, WrestleMania turned out to be a terrific wanted show. Brian, everyone wanted Brian to be the guy. Absolutely. I mean, no, I'm not saying no, but I'm saying there were other not choices. Do the, I mean, God bless Dean Ambrose and all this. I mean, his time is not yet. And Ziggler, we already know what they feel about him. Mm-hmm. People wanted to see Brian in that match. That's what the complaint was. And they weren't able to see him in that match. And listen, I'm not saying that WWE was right and that he shouldn't have been in the match anyway. But I'm saying that they made the last-minute decision to have Rollins win anyway. They were originally, I think, going to have Reigns win. So that's kind of what it was. And so, you know what? Like, I'm just saying we we rip them a lot, and it is what it is. But maybe they kind of had an idea. Not that, obviously, he was going to be hurt this long because they built him up on SmackDown to be an important part of the show. But they didn't build him up to be the number one guy. 
Okay. There may have been a, a reason for that other than the, uh, you know, the internet fans and whatever our thoughts were. I hear you. Makes sense. Uh, before we forget, just want to let everybody know, you can follow us on Twitter, Workshoot Pod, for the official for the, uh, podcast Twitter, and me at Paladin808. And uh, just like one of our loyalist uh, listeners, uh, at Andrew Q and D, if you ask us a question on, on Twitter, directing it towards Paladin808 or Workshoot Pod, We'll, uh, we'll discuss it on the podcast. You know what? I want to do that now. I don't know if you got a chance to see the question. But earlier in the week, uh, Andrew went and asked, would you agree that the U.S. title is now like the TV title in the 80s? With, with Cena defending it every week, having, you know, a credible person, you know, the Art Andersons and the Bobby Edens, the Rick Martells, you know, different guys holding that title. Do you think the U.S. title is kind of now like that WCW TV title when you had a deep division? Or do you think which I think I would take this stand on that Cena is a big, is such a bigger character that the U S title has been elevated to a level more than the, the TV title, because like I said, it's a TV title. Well, I mean, some big guys held the TV title. I mean, Sting held the TV title. You know, there were some big guys who held the TV title. Sting was really over at that point too. You know, his feud with the great Muda over the TV title back in the day. So, yeah, and that's a great question by Andrew for sure. Um, and, and, you know, I agree. Guys bring, question, guys bring questions up to us on Twitter. We will try to answer them on the pod. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, but I think the, the biggest thing we've talked about, we talked about this last week with this, so, with this open challenge that Cena's doing, is he's just putting these young guys, uh, putting the, the you know, mid-card guys over big. He's wrestling good matches with them. He's making them really, really work to beat them. And, you know, he's doing a tremendous, tremendous job with this feud and in putting guys over. I mean, he is, every match he's wrestled the last couple of weeks has been great, no matter who it's been against. So, you know, I give him a lot of credit. Um, you're right. I think he obviously means more than the U.S. title does, but he's definitely making that title mean something. And I like the idea of the open invitation. I almost feel like the IC title on SmackDown is the TV title because the TV title obviously was always like the main event, basically, and uh, NWA, WCW, because the world title was never defended, just on major shows. So, and Ric Flair was just like cut promos and then Arn Anderson would wrestle in the main event or whatever. Um, so I, I think with SmackDown... Where the IC title now we'll see with Brian, where the IC title was the main is the main title. It's almost like the IC title really is the TV, and the US title is kind of more of a title depending on just because Cena holds it because it was a European title basically three months ago. So I think the IC title is more like the TV title um, than the US. And Andrew, thank you very much for your question. Anyone else would like to go and ask a question? Or would- and we'll try to discuss it on the show if we can, once again, either at my uh, Twitter, at Paladin808, or at the show's Twitter, Worked, Shoot, Pod. Always appreciate questions. Now, going off of the Cena as U.S. champion, and I thought this has been really good. Each one of his matches over the last three weeks has been really fun. I think it's they've come off well. Dean Ambrose, Stardust... Whoever he faced this past week, because I just forgot. Oh, wait, Barrett. Barrett, bad news. Bad news. Um, 
I think they've all really helped the guy that he faced. I mean, I don't know how much you can really help Stardust right now because I think it's a mid-card gimmick, and I don't know if it's ever going to be more than what it is until he goes back to being Cody Rhodes. But do you, as well as this is going, and nobody knows if Cena wants to wrestle every week on TV, especially because he gets hurt so often. I know he's Superman, he comes back, you know, as faster than anybody else. But would you, as much as we like Rusev and think that him losing may have not been the right decision at the time, would you keep the title on Cena for a while and maybe build up this U.S. title thing to where maybe a guy like a Neville, his first really big win might be a surprise against Cena, or it's a way to maybe build this title up so much that you can do, maybe it didn't work in the long run, but you built a guy like Santino Morella, where, you know, the... You had him win the title on a random Raw, you know, and that made him somebody. Do you think, what do you think? Do you think you give the title right back to Rusev as Extreme Rules, or do you have Cena continue this weekly thing and let it build up to some somebody who you don't expect to win the title? All right, before I get to that, I, I'm watching uh, baseball here, and they just had a cover art mall cop, number two, Corey. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> After that first movie, oh my god, just just absolutely awful. Did you um, see the first movie? As far as the Cena thing, what'd you say? You saw the first movie? No, I didn't have to. I heard it was horrible, <laughs> and they made a freaking second one. Oh my god! I mean, what dummies are gonna go watch that? Anyway, uh, all the dummies who watched um, the first one. The C- <laughs> I think that movie made money. I'd have to check, you know, boxofficemojo.com. I mean, they made a second. I mean, if they made a second one, it had to make money. Not wow. always. Not always. <laughs> hey, Kevin James is fat and falls into things. Like, awesome. Kevin James is, oh, has been funny God. sometimes. Not often, but he has, I guess. Oh, he is funny, but, I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, uh, your point on Cena. Excellent point, and I agree with you. I kind of mentioned that last week. I think they should extend the challenge. Uh, I definitely think they should extend it. I think it's helping get these young guys over. I think your point about a, you know, a guy like Neville or a surprise guy winning is excellent and really helping put them over. Because um, eventually, I'm sure we're going to see Cena challenge here for this world title at some point. Um, probably before Brock gets back, if we don't see Brock until SummerSlam. Because who else are you going to feed Rollins before that point? Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think this is tremendous. I think that they should have Cena keep the title. As much as I love Rusev, the issue comes down to what do you do with Rusev once he, if he loses the match? And does he go into basically mid-card purgatory? So that's an issue that you've got to really be careful of and be aware of, but I love what they're doing with Cena and the, the, US, um, the U.S. title. And do you think the idea of maybe keeping the title on him might be more important or better, and a better idea now with the idea that Daniel Bryant might be out for a while, that, you know, keeping a big guy having a major title that's not the world title, do you think that maybe becomes a little bit more important, or do you think one has nothing to do with the other? Uh, I don't know if one has anything to do with the other, unless the idea is that they're going to be putting Cena on SmackDown more now that Bryant isn't there, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if they're they're going to do. So it could one could have something to do with the other, but I don't know if that's the way they're going to go with it. Uh, just a couple of, I guess we just maybe do a couple of thoughts on Raw while we're here. Um, I guess we've started the 
Extreme Rules, so it's got to be stipulation in every match. Where we got, you know, the Russian Chain match. We've got the, uh, what's it called? The double main event, you know, stips. No RKO. No, basically, you know, steel cage. Are you like me? You're a little tired of just because it's called Extreme Rules, every match has to have, like, a stip? Um... I'm okay with it. I think Extreme Rules, and uh, we've talked about this before a few times, is like an underrated pay-per-view. And oftentimes is one of the WWE's better uh, better shows of the year. And I think this has potential to be the same thing. But I think the steps aren't crazy. You know, I, I mean, again, I don't know all of them yet, and I know there's some coming up on SmackDown, uh, spoilers-wise. But, you know, I mean, the Noir KO and the Steel K, that's not too bad. Um, a Russian chain match. I mean, it's basically a match where they use chains. It's like not a big deal as long as they're not completely outrageous and one trying to top the other. Um, so I don't know. I'm okay with it. Uh, not too big of a deal for me, but I, th- and I think the show has potential. Um, we don't know Brian's status, which I think is really important. And it sounds like, I mean, I mean, it's two weeks from now and they pulled him off the tour. So I can't imagine he's going to be ready to go. I think what they really should do is have this dude do SmackDowns, do promos on Raw, and wrestle on these pay-per-views. If he's able to do it, and that's it. Don't have him be on house shows. Don't have him do any of that stuff. But anyway, I digress. Um, I I think this shapes up to be a pretty good show, a lot of it depending on if Brian can wrestle. I could see that. Uh, So what do you – I think we both would think that, uh, you know, Rollins is going to keep the title – until su- at least till SummerSlam, so you have the Brock Lesnar rematch. But are you like me, where you fear that next month the pay per view main event, or hopefully maybe not a pay per view main event, but we're going to be seeing on TV uh, Kane versus Seth Rollins in the very near future? Oh my God! I, I, Kill me now. You know, I I I, I liked the segment and I liked the lead up to the segment. I just don't like the person who was in the segment. I mean, I thought it was, like, really well done. I thought it was really clever. And I liked what they did. And I guess if you're going to have anybody do that, it would be Kane because he hasn't won a match since, you know, 2010. So, I mean, I guess he would be the right person to put in that because he's older. It doesn't really matter to him anymore in terms of wins and losses, you know. He's well-established as a guy. So... But, oh, my God, see, I mean, the fans were popping for Kane to do something. And I think if he comes back as the big red monster and wants to kill people as a baby face, you know, that could be something. But, I mean, good God, another turn from Kane? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I hope that this is more him going to the end than him getting some big push. But I fear that it's, you know going to be more him getting a push. you realize every time we mention the word Kane on this podcast, you usually follow up with, I hope this is the end and this is the final feud? <laughs> and that's going to continue to happen. <laughs> and it'll be 2020. We'll still be doing this, this damn podcast. And I'll still be saying, I hope this is Kane's final feud. I'll say this, man. For Kane being as, you know, his age, he is a monster still. He's in amazing shape. Sure. Absolutely. Um, trying to think of a couple other things that uh, really stood out for either the positive or the negative. Uh, you know, get- well, the Ziggler Neville match was the Ziggler Neville match was tremendous. 
Um, I really think they're doing a nice job of pushing Neville because, and they're pushing him, and I love it. It's old school. They're pushing him without winning by putting him against big time guys. So I really, really, really enjoy enjoy that, and I enjoyed the Neville match. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, I love the match. I thought it was great. I didn't like the ending, and I'm not saying the ending of the the actual match itself. I'm saying what happened after the match, where he basically gets killed by Sheamus. You can't, which I think. I know you were saying he was hurt. He was already hurting, and he attacked him. He did a heelish thing. He didn't just go there and say, "I'm going to beat you up." So then he goes and beats him up. He was literally had just gotten up from a grueling match, and then Sheamus basically attacked him from behind. So I thought the attack was. I don't think it made any either one of those guys look bad because they literally just wrestled in a match. He did. It does exactly the type of heel move you need him to do. He's basically bullying these small guys. Um, after they had wrestled a tremendous match. So I, I completely disagree with you. I don't know. I just think because the focus is on Ziggler, Sheamus, I think you may want to... Ke- I don't mind the idea that we're doing the underdog story and he might be getting closer and closer to a win in Neville. But I think if Neville is not going to be... Maybe he will be, and that's, maybe that's his first big feud. But if Neville is not going to wind up in a feud with Sheamus right now, I don't think it's the best thing for him... To go and just be the the random small guy who gets you know broke kicked and then we never you know we don't see again you know I mean what do you mean we don't see him again he, they're, they're obviously giving him a push now if he gets killed by Sheamus on SmackDown which I have no idea if that happened that okay. would be a problem my the, the that, that that's where the problems would come in is what hap- what's the next step for him him getting broke kicked he was just part of the damage like I think it was, I think that's I think that's fine. I think what they're doing with him is brilliant. I think it's one of the best builds they've done for a young guy, you know, maybe since The Shield. And so I've really, really enjoyed it. I have absolutely no complaints about that. I will tell you one thing I do have a complaint about. Why in the world are you having the tag team champions lose to one guy? What does that that make the division look like? It makes the division look like shit, Corey. I was was going to bring that up next, actually. So terrible. So terrible. By the way, hashtag segues. But so terrible. I just, I, I, have him beat Cesaro or Kid. Fine. No problem. You know, have him team up with someone and they beat the tag champs. Fine. You have him beat both of them? What does that make them look like? I agree totally. I hate when they do those. I hate when they do those storylines. I hate when they do that. When they have the tag team champions lose, they've done that more and more the last couple of years. And I thought they were stopping that because they're building the, the freaking tag division, but I guess not. I I agree. That was my next. I was the next thing I was going to bring up. Thank you for going uh, going right there. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those things where you 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 build up all this goodwill with uh, with your fans with. Building a tag team division a little bit and having credible champions. I know that, you know, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, Jey Uso is is hurt. is going to be out for, you know, for six months or more. And maybe you have second thoughts on what you want to do with division at the moment. But there is, there is no reason that you have to go and kill your tag team champions like that. It just makes, it makes little sense. I mean... I don't know who won the match, but if you have, you know, 
on SmackDown, they were advertising, you know, Cena and Bryant versus the tag team champions. I'm guessing they, I'm guessing, you know, Cena's going to, Cena wins. You never know. Yeah, you know, I mean, why have that match? Well, who gives a shit? Orton already beat both of them by himself. Exactly. So why are you going to have Cena and Brian against them? They've totally negated the main event of their next show by having them lose. Doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. Think, think about it this way. Since the Usos have gotten hurt, since, uh, if I'm screwing this up, I'll, I apologize. Since Jay Uso has gotten hurt, think about what they've done. They've gone and had the New Day get booed mercilessly. You've had the Lucha Dragons have come up, who've had, seem to be getting over a bit right now, which is great. You've had the Prime, you, I know you liked week one of it. I, I think ever since has not been very good. You've basically had the primetime players bury every other team in the division, which makes your tag team division look like crap. You've got your tag team champions losing, not not a tag team match. You have them losing to one guy. Yes, he's the number one contender for the title. And I understand the way you go and you put him against heels, but there's no point of him losing, them losing that match. No reason, No point of them being in the match. Think about what you've done. I mean, you've gone from a very strong division to basically your tech division is a waste of time again. And you have two great guys yeah. with the titles. Yeah, they're back to they're back to jobbing them out again. They're back to being a jobber tag team. I mean, you know, uh, Jay Uso, whichever one of the Usos got hurt, you know, I know that's going to have an effect. And I know that's going to be an issue. And I get that. I mean, they're the best... Other than Kid and Cesaro, I mean, I'll say the Usos are the best tag team in, in, in the company because Kid and Cesaro haven't done it for lo- uh, you know a very long time. Um, those are the two most talented individuals in the division, but I'd say the best tag is are, are the Usos. But and it is Jay Uso, I just checked. Would you say it is Jay Uso who got hurt? So that is uh, we Jay got it right. Uso, for there James. you go. So now with Jay Uso's injury, you're getting you know basically the best tag team or second best tag team for. Argument's sake, in your division's gone. You need to build up more guys, and they're having them lose. And the El Matadors, we already know, jobbers. Um, the Lucha Dragons are trying to do something with. The Ascension, as we're seeing, has just not worked out, which, I mean, none of, neither one of us are surprised. And the uh, Los Matadors, jobbers. So the division is they're in a tough spot in their division right now. Because it's obviously going to be Kid against Cesaro against the Lucha Dragons at some point. But, you know, I don't know. Is that going to... I mean, it'll be a really good match. But, you know, we got to do something to build it up other than just having them have a match. Have, I don't know, Kid and Cesaro do cut promos still. Have them... I don't know. I just, I don't like where they're going with the tag team division. And... In NXT, I, I don't know if there's a lot of help down there with Blake and Buddy Murphy, and so the tag team division is going to have some some issues. And I think what I could see NXT them doing in NXT, or when they bring guys up to the main roster, is maybe putting a tag together with two popular guys in NXT. You know, because it, the, the division is is going through a bit of a transition at this point for sure. Now, with the tag team, we're talking about the tag team division. I want to first cover the Jay Uso, and then we're going to get to. The big, big tag team news of the week, which of course is the Briscoe staying with ROH. So we'll get 
start with we're going to start with the Usos and then go to a team that we thought might be going NXT and would have maybe helped that take division grow a little bit. So let's start with uh, the injury to, uh, to Jey Uso. He got hurt a couple of months back. They he did very limited to nothing in the uh, at WrestleMania. He's gone. Naomi has has supposedly I guess turned heel. And now... Not supposedly. She beat the hell out of Paige on the thing and talked about, you know, she definitely turned up. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I'll give you... And I will give. I will say, you, you said it quite well, I think her promo was really good, especially the fact of something she said in it. But we'll get to that in one something. Something, something I believe in right. very much. But... Right. So Jay's out for six months. I don't know how good Jimmy is that he could be a single... Single star. I don't know what you what you want to do with him. Maybe you bring in another guy who has Samoan roots, <laughs> Samoa Joe. Maybe you could have them work together. Maybe uh, I don't know what you do with Jimmy. I mean, I don't think Jimmy is is that good that I see him making a push for an icy title or anything. What do you do with Jimmy Uso? I don't really see much to do with him. I'm not saying send him down to NXT by any stretch, but do you just have him the random I mean, take him down? I don't, I don't, is he the one who's married to Naomi? I believe so. Um, so you can't, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's, it's a great question, Corey. I think you have him come up there, wrestle in matches, you know, the Luke Harpers, Ambroses, those guys don't have him look too bad. It was about what being an Uso means to him and, you know, maybe some of those things. I don't know. But I agree with you there, and he doesn't really have a lot to do. And uh, we haven't seen him on TV, and I think there's a reason for that. I don't think the WWE knows what to do with him. So, I, you know, he's going to come out, have some matches, don't have him get killed. You know, maybe he has some type of another tag team partner for a little while. I'm not sure where you go with him. I really don't. What do you think? I think he's decent in the ring. I mean, I don't think he has enough personality to go get over as a singles. I think the Usos are what they are. I think they're very good tag team specialists. I don't see either one of them ever becoming, you know, the next Shawn Michaels from the Rockers or Brett from, you know, the, the Hart Foundation or Davey Boy from, you know, the British Bulldogs. Yes, I know I'm, I'm naming some of the best 80s slash 90 tag teams of the WWF era. I understand that. But, you know, I don't... I don't see, you know, either one of them being, you know, a bully ray. I mean, I'd love to say that I see something there, but I most likely see them most likely having him be of a part of a tag team with, you know, another guy they're not doing anything with. Would you be surpri- surprised if, you know, randomly you saw him and, like, Neville as a tag team, as a high flyers of some sort, or, you know, another guy who flies around? I mean, could you see, you know, you could, you could I mean, I think this one is out there, but I think it's, you think there's, there's a chance that maybe... They bring back, you know, Papa Rikishi, and they do something for, you know, the high flyer and the returning, you know, eight, you know, star from the '90s, which they love, and you know, have you know, Jimmy, you know, wrestle a match, and then have you know, Rikishi come in and give somebody a stink face, and then they put on the sunglasses and they dance together. I mean, I can see that. I don't want to like it, but I mean, it's Jimmy Uso. What are you gonna do with him? Oh, do we need to see his? You know, I'm not going to say anything negative about Rikishi, but do we need to see him come out? I mean, he's old. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm good. I didn't love him back then. You know, I don't know. 
whatever, fine, bring them out there. And they need the, the other guy to do something. But, um, you know, I feel, I feel bad. He's in a tough spot because he really hasn't stood out much as a singles wrestler. I mean, we don't even know what his name is for sure. So, I mean, you know, that it's, it's an issue. But maybe this will help establish him a little more um, as his own guy. Maybe he can cut promos and they can do some stuff with him. I, I don't I don't foresee that happening, but you never know. True. Uh, so bef- before we get to the Usos, uh, who could have been a future opponent for them, the Briscoes, if they had signed, let's quickly go over with Naomi and, you know, give Divas a chance, the... Uh, the London edition, which was every pretty much every diva on the roster who wasn't in NXT, uh, figuring out a way to get out of the ring in less than you know three minutes, and then uh, have Naomi and Paige, you know, have you know like a forty-five second you know tussle, and then have you know Naomi, you know, basically get eliminated. Paige wins. I mean, they basically had these bros rolling out of the ring. They were just like rolling out of the ring at rapid speeds. You know, Christ, could they have had a Legit battle royal, uh, and, and boy, did they bury Rosa Mendez on the on the on uh, Nikki Bella. I mean, Christ, that poor woman, she can't catch a break. She got buried by the Bellas. She got dumped by Fandango. She got her, she's on her way to being released. Uh, as long as she's still dating a free bird, she might have a chance to still have a job. But they might, oh my gosh, my own hashtag age difference. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> But uh, let's let's get to the now. This is Naomi goes and attacks Paige, then you know cuts the promo later on the show. Which the thing that I loved, which this company I don't know who was smart enough to say that line because they never do it. You know, shouldn't wins matter? I love that line from Naomi. I thought that was a great line. I felt like I wrote that line for. Her. Uh, but I, you know what? I'm not sure if, the, if she had turned healed or not. Or do the fact that they were England that they were in England and Paige is you know the hometown star that they may have had you know the Americans are going to get booed maybe anyway you have her go do that it's a way to get Paige a win at home and then you basically have her not able to wrestle they say you know they'll play an injury angle Naomi still gets a title shot and once they get back to the USA Naomi will be facing the Bellas who are bigger heels you know to most people and Naomi will be the face again maybe I'm wrong but I. I don't think, you know, Naomi, it's going to be heel versus heel at the pay-per-view. Um, I don't think they'll do that because I think the way they made Naomi, the way Naomi seemed to cut the promo and kind of what she said is, I'm going to start taking it. Mm. Um, you know, so I think she kind of basically indicated in that promo that she's going to have a more aggressive style. So that's the sense that I got. So I definitely could be wrong, but the sense that I got is that she's going to have a more aggressive style. And so that usually indicates that she's going to turn into a heel. We shall see. Um, I thought the promo was great. I really, really enjoyed it. You're right. I enjoyed the Do, do, do Wins Matter. I think it was nice to see Naomi showing some personality. I think she's one of the most talented um, women wrestlers they have on the roster. I think she's good in the ring. She's beautiful. I think she could do a, a really, really good job. Um and so I'm, I'm actually happy for her that she's getting this box. I think she, you know, we talk about people getting pushed when they shouldn't. I really think she deserves it. Um, did you think Charlotte would be in the Battle Royal? Were you disappointed that she wasn't? Um, from what you hear, you know, she may not be coming up anytime soon due to the fact that, I don't know, there might be some problems with, you know, 
with Daddy Flair, Rick, you know, being such a loose cannon that, you know, some people may not be uh, his biggest supporters right now, even though I know he's friends with... What, is that, why would, what would that have to do with her? See, that's so stupid. I I'm not disagreeing like with you by any stretch. I mean, they had him out there... They had him out there with Triple H, uh, you know, during the Sting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a mess. It's fine. He's he honestly, he's gonna be even more of a mess six months from now because he's all in his whole life. God knows what drugs he's done. He's a freaking lunatic. It's not gonna get better. I mean, I, he's my favorite wrestler of all time, <laughs> but he's not gonna get better. So, like, what what what's holding her off gonna do? Now, if they don't aren't ready positioned for her or whatever. By the way, this this coach for I think the Penguins is toupee is awful. Anyway, um, I don't <laughs> I don't know who this coach. I mean, Mingya his his toupee is just he's got like one color on for his real hand and one color for the toupee. I mean, you are you make and he's a millionaire. Get a better di- di- uh, toupee job. Christ. So Penguins rages again. I don't really know hockey that much. I don't know who's who is the coach of, but good God. Um, anyway, back to Charlotte. I I think that if they're worried about Flair, I mean, they, if they're worried about him now, it's only going to get worse the bigger she gets, and you know, the more notoriety she gets, and the older he gets, and the more he. I mean, I don't. I just don't see why his relationship with them should affect. Her pushing anyway. I think that it's it's also. I think that there may be some people in that company, and this is pure speculation. There might be some people in that company who believe, who may not watch NXT every week, and they should, of course, but who might think that she's getting pushed as fast as she is because of who you know her father is. And the and but you know what? If Sasha Banks comes up before, I don't have a problem with it. I think Sasha Banks has been damn good, and I think both either whoever comes up first. Deserves it, and if you know Sasha comes up before, before Charlotte, it's not the biggest thing in the world. I mean, I agree. As long as as long as it's not like a year before they come up, mm-hmm. I mean, they should come up within the next six months. One of them for sure. I agree. And I feel like it'd be I feel like it'd be a disservice to those two ladies if one of them um, doesn't come up in the next few months. I don't disagree with that. And you know what? If she's not going to win the battle royal, I don't see any point of her being in that match. And I think. Push comes to shove, you go. I think the way they've booked, they're going with Naomi versus uh, Nikki Bella, and I think if unless she went in there and killed everyone, I don't think there's a. I don't think you have her in that match. I think she's one of those people like Paige last year, even though they didn't handle Paige the best, you know, for what for a while, with you know the way that they basically killed her NXT character. But I think if you're not going to build her. Sasha to a lesser extent, but you're not going to build Charlotte as basically a killer in that division, just getting rid of all these fitness models and all these people you don't need. Basically, you know, taking Rosa, Rosa Mendel back and telling her it's time to go. I don't think there's a point in bringing in uh, Charlotte at this point. Do I think she should yeah. be up there? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one, one quick thing on Raw, and you may have more. Um, this is my last thing. Oh, can I just um, say, right before, right before I said that, at some point, we will get to the Briscoes, I swear. But more on the <laughs> It's called a tease. That means you have to keep listening. Um, yes. So Roger, uh, 3.9, uh, 3.964 million listeners last two weeks ago. This week, it was down to 3.665 million listeners. Yeesh. 
Obviously, we nice. talked about the Monday after Raw. Uh-huh. How many? You know, I think it was like five point one million viewers. Something I think it was like higher that. than that. Actually, it was like five point three or four. Yeah. Yeah. So they went from five point one, five point three million viewers to now three point six six five million viewers. Does this? Does this rating, and the fact that it's going down and not staying steady, does it concern you at all, or do you think this is the post hype WrestleMania? And we kind of talked about this last week, I know, but the ratings now have gone down yet again. Um, and it looked by a solid 300,000 people. Um, so this, does this rating concern you? And would it concern you if you were the WWE? Yes, yes, and yes. I'm not sure what the questions were, but the answers definitely are yes. Um, no, but <laughs> the ratings, <laughs> rating is scary. Um, I think that... Sh- Something I was going to bring up earlier, but we didn't get to. Um, I think we were in that post-WrestleMania haze where nothing is really stands out. Nothing is terrific. I said to you, and before we, uh, we went on the air, that do you realize it's only been three weeks since WrestleMania? Three weeks. If you asked me, I would have, I would have thought it was a couple of months at this pace. It feels like WrestleMania was so long ago. Besides Neville having, you know, two really good matches on Raw and Cena having his, you know, the U.S. title invitational, which the three matches on Raw have been very good, has anything really on Raw stood out? I mean, it basically feels like we're in that middle-of-the-year malaise where, okay, we've got a three-hour Raw, let's hope we get through this, you know, without having to stop it 14 times. Yeah, I mean, Rollins is in, like, 18 segments of the show. <laughs> you, you have Rollins in 18 segments of the show. You have, C- I mean, Rollins went from someone who can't talk at all to, like, he's the best talker in the company. Then you got, you know, Cena wrestling the best matches of the show, which is, like, it's funny how it's, things have turned. He might have but seven moves at this like, point. What'd you say? He might have seven to eight moves at this point. Yeah, see, he's gotten some <laughs> more moves. It's almost, but the show's almost, the, the issue with the show, I, I would say, at this point, is that it's too formulaic. And, I mean, it's been that way for a, a while, and we know that, but they've thrown surprises your way. But now, and, and others have talked about this, you could just predict what's going to happen in each part of the show. And so I think that's been the issue, is the shows are so formulaic, and nothing really stands out, and things just kind of happen, and... Nothing's really meant to be that big, and I don't know. It just hasn't. It just hasn't been a real. It's just been a very formulaic show. It hasn't been bad. I wouldn't say that the Raws have been bad for sure. No, they just been, been good there. matches, good promos. But it's been, uh, you know, if you see it, you see it, and if you don't, you don't. Kind of, kind of shows, and you know, those can be difficult when you've got stuff going on, and WrestleMania just happened, and you know, Brock Lesnar's not on the show. So, you know, I get it. Oh, and uh, guys, that's our show for the week. I guess we'll have to talk about the Briscoes another time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I guess there's one more thing on Raw that we can talk about. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. Go ahead. Do you have a problem with Michael Cole basically no-selling the whole Brock Lesnar beating after being gone for two weeks? And basically, basically, the only real comment on the is the fact that there's a lawsuit, and we'll talk about it another time. Do you think 
that basically Michael Cole not showing any ill effects. I mean, you don't want to make it totally goofy with him having like a neck brace or anything on, but basically it was like, all right, he was gone for two weeks, and uh, Brock, who's this Brock Lesnar guy who kill, you know kills people for a living? Michael Cole's fine. Did you have a little problem with that, or was it? Uh, yeah, I, Saxon I is so bad that else. we had to just bring Michael Cole back. I thought they could have done something else with it, but you know what I thought is interesting. I think since Michael Cole left, JBL's gotten better. I think JBL was, like, pretty good last week and pretty good the week before. Um, he's, he's been pretty good lately. I've, been, I've enjoyed his work. Um, he's been funny, and he's, he's, been, he's been good. Um, I don't know. I guess I had some problem with Cole being there. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Have him have a neck brace on, like, we, like you just mentioned? He'd look ridiculous. You have Brian, Byron Saxon on there. I think Vince has had enough of Byron Saxon. <laughs> and I think if I think if Byron Saxon was good, he might have not been on. He might have been on this show. I, I think that I think that's the issue too. Is I think he's like this dude is a disaster, and I want nothing to do with him. So, you know, that's also I think part of it as well. So, is there anything else you want to talk to before we talk about the Briscoes? I mean, because remember you said it's a great tease. You got to keep on listening to the show to find out what happens. <laughs> or should we go no, with the Briscoes? No, let's, um, let's get to the Briscoes. Let's get to the Briscoes. All right. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the show, which feels like you know five hours ago when we spoke about the Briscoes, but the Briscoes decided this past week that they're not going to NXT. They're staying with Ring of Honor. Uh, it is interesting the fact that there's been rumors for such a long time that. They would be going. I mean, Jay Briscoe is the world champion. You could take title off him at any time, you know, so it's not like it's in one of those huge things. But are you a little bit surprised with the way that NXT has been built as, you know, basically the super indie out there that the Briscoes didn't, t- didn't make take the jump this time? Or do you think it's a mistake? So uh, according to Dave Meltzer and other reports, uh, the Briscoes would offer a deal by the WWE um, they, you know, were loyal to Ring of Honor, so they told Ring of Honor, this is the deal that we were offered by the WWE. Ring of Honor gave, um, now, again, and we'll, I'll get to this in a minute. And uh, the Briscoes went back to WWE, told them about Ring of Honor's offer, and the WWE said, that's it, kind of take their own leave it, at the offer that we've given you. And they decided, you know, maybe because they went Ring of Honor, all these years that they would stay with, stay with Ring of Honor and basically make more money. So, I mean, they're not necessarily losing out. I think the one thing that's short-sighted about this is it's a two-year deal, and they had an opportunity to make it on the front end, but make a lot more in the backside with being on pay-per-views and being, you know, WrestleMania, things like that. So I think they're absolutely losing out. They're going to lose out on money from that end. But... Um, you know, they felt like this was best for them, and that's why they made the decision they did. I agree with you about the surprise from the WWE standpoint. Uh, maybe WWE felt like they're trying to play play us against, you know, basically leverage us, so they said we're not going to get into that game. Um, and so they didn't want to get involved in that, so I could see the WWE kind of playing hardball with that. Uh, the Briscoes are still pretty young. And it's a two-year deal, so I think they'll be 32 or 33 by the time the deal's over. So, um, you know, they'll still have, you know, a couple, you know, they'll have several years, depending on when they beat their bodies up. Uh, but they'll have several years to try to go back to WWE if that's something they want to do. So there's options there. I, um, 
not surprised they stayed with Ring of Honor if they were going to make more money and they're loyal to the company. So, you know, and good for Ring of Honor. I mean, and, and I've also heard uh, reports that Michael Cole, or Adam Cole, I should say, isn't a long-term deal. So it doesn't look like he's leaving anytime soon. Um, and so, you know, they've got their champion. Cole, you know, may not be leaving anytime soon, it looks like. So, you know what? Good for them. Good for them keeping a champion. I, I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, if I were the Briscoes, I mostly would have gone. I mean, I think how long do you need to be a big fish in a small pond? And if you are as good as you think you are, and if the taking division is as as bad as it is right now, basically, do you think you have to be in NXT for more than maybe, you know, three months? Maybe six? I mean, you never know what, you know, these guys want to do. And maybe Jay realizes that, you know what, I'm never going to be world champion in, you know, the WWE. And, you know, it's been interesting and a great experience being champion there. Maybe you don't leave. I mean, I'm not sure what Mark Briscoe is if he's not a tag team wrestler, which we've seen, you know, he's more of almost, you can see him turning into basically the next Santino comedy figure, which, you know, is one hell of a living. I mean, if he did get that gig, you know, I mean, Jay is a loose cannon. You never know what he's going to say. I mean, they were almost signed once before, and he didn't say, you know, the greatest thing about gay people, I believe, at the time. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to be asked by the WWE. But I don't know if it was the best decision for them to stay. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Joe looks like he's most likely almost done with, you know, ROH. I think that's the next big, you know, Monopoly piece to fall, uh, domino to fall, I guess. I'm screwing up my my old, you know, board game references there. Um, I'm not sure. I think the Briscoes, for themselves, maybe they made the best decision, but you're, you're right. Neither one, I think, is older than 30 at this point. Two years from now, maybe they can, you know, look back at this. And maybe two years from now, the, the uh, WWE will be paying, may offer them more money. You never know. Yeah, I I don't know. I think if I were them, I would have left. Um, because you can always go back. So I, I really I really think I would have left if I were them. It just, to me, it just makes more sense. You know, it makes more sense. It makes sense for them to leave and to try to do what they have to do. Um, and you know, and then it doesn't work out. A Ring of Honor, they could always come back. So I don't know. I agree with you. I, I think they should have. I think they probably should have taken it. But you know what? They love their company. They love where they are. Um, they want to be loyal to them. So you know, I mean, you, you can't you can't blame you can't blame them for being loyal to their company. Uh, also, um, Jay is 31, and Mark is 30. Okay, so, so they're right uh, over just, there. T- just turned 30 and 31. So they're both still pretty young, and it's a two-year deal. So I guess they figure they stay for a little bit, see how it goes, and then maybe maybe they leave after that. So not the worst decision for them. I just think I would have tried to go to WWE to see if I could have made it. Mike, I agree. Before we get to everyone's favorite you know, wrestling company that – continually misses uh, paying people on time, a.k.a., you know, total nonstop action on Destination America, people, if you can find it on your cable system. Good luck with that. Uh, it was it kind of happened in passing on Raw this week, but do you have any interest in uh, the announcement that uh, 
Triple H will have uh, in regards to uh, Tough Enough. We already know that Tough Enough will not be hosted by Steve Austin this time around. Do you have any interest in, you know, a possible announcement of a host, you know, finding out what's going to go on? Any any interest in Tough Enough this time around? Or is it until it happens, you really don't care? I, I don't care now, and I probably won't care when it happens. Okay. I could, all right. I could. That's the, I really, I really didn't have any interest back then. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I watched like one episode of, I forget what episode I watched, some random Tough Enough episode. This was like a little while ago. And I was like, man, it was pretty compelling stuff. <laughs> but I, but I, at the time I just wasn't, yeah, cause Stone Cold was like really good. Right. But at the time, at the time I didn't care. And I may have watched one or two episodes, but I really didn't care. And then, like, none of the guys went anywhere or did anything. Right. So I remember they put, they put, they tried to put the one guy over, the big guy they put, they, they. Adam Levine, I think it was. Yeah, and he didn't, they didn't do anything. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm not excited. I I really, will I be watching them? No, I I will not. It's total divas for me. I will not be watching. Now. If they get some, like, independent wrestlers who we know and have seen, and that's where I think they really should go with it, I think they should put independent wrestlers who we are familiar with, who we've seen, I think that could be interesting. But having, you know, you and me and jobber number one and jobber number two out there, I mean, I don't care. All right. Uh, only thing I find interesting, most likely this announcement, maybe we find out who the host is. I'm guessing it'll be maybe Chris Jericho because... He's doing the podcast with him. Maybe you can get, you know, Doubtful. Maybe you can get maybe, you know, a Mick Foley or something. You know, maybe a Jim Ross. You know, maybe you have somebody you don't expect. I mean, you're not going to – I mean, the the perfect person, of course, would be The Rock. But I don't see him, you know, signing up to do that anytime soon. But uh, I think it will be interesting if they announce a host for it. And I agree with you for the most part. It's something to watch maybe as a YouTube clip on Austin, you know, going – you know going after these guys for the final 10 minutes of the show. Besides that, I really don't have any inf- any interest in seeing, you know, uh, the real world WWE style. And that's what, you know, most of these shows turn into. Uh, let, let's, yeah, I agree. Let, let's get into uh, TNA. Unfortunately, uh, new network, same problems. I mean, since uh, since this has happened, they have, they have pretty much paid everyone. So they're not, as far as I know, for pretty much everyone, at least talent-wise, they have gone paid, but you move to a new network, and I guess a lot of people say it's Panda Energy, the the uh, this, the, the, the uh, mother company, you know, of this is the people who, who handle the budgeting, and it's their fault, not TNA itself. But if you want to survive in this industry, you got to pay your guys on time, and it appears that the first person to leave as a result of this may not care about who he is, but uh, Taz is gone. And he could be the first of, you know, many dominoes. I don't know if Taz is gone because of the paychecks, though. It it sounded like it was just a mutual thing. Um, I I don't know if it was because of the paychecks, necessarily. I mean, it could have been, but I I don't know if it was... I don't know if one was related to the other. I don't know. You you don't get paid, and then you decide to no-show, you know, your TV, uh, your TV, you know, broadcasting duties, you know, to be in the middle, you know, in a... what looks like a shack in the middle of uh, of nowhere, you know. Inter- yeah, but he's been through the war. But he's been through a lot with them. So, like, why would he? Uh, you know, I mean, you know, they had Matt Hardy and uh, T.J. Perkins, known as what Manic, on there, yeah. putting their paychecks on Twitter. I mean, okay, 
fine, you got paid. Congratulations, you got your four thousand dollar check. Like, who gives a shit? Like, don't put you know, don't put your business on Facebook. And then it's stupid, but um, I, you know, who knows why he left? He sucks anyway. And but the bigger problem is he's whatever. He's a jobber. He's he's whatever with tags. <clears throat> I think the issue, real issue, is what is going on with TNA with Destination America with their ratings, with all this stuff. And this is the same type of stuff that we've heard, that we've seen, that we've that they've been through. And it's all real, real bad. Corey, the ratings have gone down every week. They had 443,000 people two weeks ago. Last weekend, they had 408,000. You know, um, according to Dave Meltzer and others, uh, one of the problems with TNA, uh, Destination America, is and TNA are battling about how much content is on Destination America. Remember when Impact TNA first got there? They're going to have a million shows on there, and they're going to be the home for Destination America. Impact Wrestling is going to be, you know, where Destination America is on. So all this other stuff, they've gotten rid of all these shows that they were going to have, that Impact was going to have. The ratings have gone down. Destination America is basically telling them who they want to be champion. They wanted Kurt Angle to be champion because he's a former gold medalist in Destination America, and they have, you know, their audience. They wanted Taryn Terrell to be knockouts champion because of her looks, kind of the all-American girl looks. So they have this comp, they have this TV uh, network that is telling them who should be their champion, who should not be their champion. While their ratings are going down, wrestlers are not being paid for whatever reason, and they're getting content on the network pulled away only a few months after they started. And these are horrific, horrific signs for them. And there was reports that they didn't that Destination America didn't like them being in England because they weren't in America. So, Corey, this is just it's. You know, as much as I complain about TNA and, and I, I don't even really watch it, I keep up with the product, but I don't really watch. I, I still don't want to see this happening. And, and I, and you know, I, I think I'm, I think now, I'm finally starting to see the beginning of the end for them. And I'm, it might be a while, but I'm, but I think we're starting to see the official beginning of the end of TNA. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go with that. That much of a, a Debbie Downer as you are, but I, I don't think you, you might not be wrong on this. I mean, I'm going to rehash some of the things you just said. I mean, you went from having Friday night, Saturday, you know, Saturday morning was basically TNA every moment of the day, you know, on Destination America. Uh, the ratings have gone down. I mean, I think everyone's ratings has gone down post-WrestleMania, so... I'm not giving that as an excuse, but, you know, that has been the, the wrestling business has gone down over the last three weeks since the mania build has, has, you know, died down. And I think they actually had a pretty good rating the week leading up to mania. So, I mean, I think that could be part of it, but you're absolutely correct. Destination America appears to have way too much power. Uh, it's great the fact that Destination America was able to get a deal done for the fight network. Kudos to them so people in Canada can see it. But you know what? Your television partner should be helping you the television end, not telling you 
who your champions are going to be, and you know that the best crowds you've had all year are your crowds from England, and because the product is called Destination America, they're not happy with you know you going to England. I mean, there, there, there was rumors a couple of months ago that they might be going to China. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I think the way the business is right now, I don't think there's any chance that's happening, but Destination America may not, you know, I'm guessing isn't happy about that. I mean, I think Destination America was, would have been happy if they oh, were part of the company last year when they went to Japan. I mean, you know, it's that's farthest thing from America. I mean, I think TNA is in trouble. It's funny. I think the product has actually been a lot better of late, but when you have things like this, well, you're not paying, and this is not the first time it happened. These are bad signs, and it's something we're going to have to look look more into in the future closer. But I think it's I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do just on the broadcasting, because I'm in broadcasting, the idea of what who they use to replace Taz. I think it's going to be a very interesting broadcast this week where Josh Matthew is doing the show by himself. Could this be old man Mike Tanay coming back? Do we... See, you know, Jeremy Borash going to the announcement, who's, who's been good. Do we see, you know, uh, there was rumors that Al Snow recently did some, you know. Um, why why not have Mike Tanay do it? Have Mike Tanay and Josh Matthews. Because Mike Tanay. The show could be all right. Uh, Mike Tanay, he, he should be put out to pasture at this point. He stinks. I, I, these broadcasts with Josh Matthews and Taz are pretty good. Horrific. Really? I thought they'd been good. Pretty good. The two of them together, I think. I think they've actually. They. I think they had a really good call of the, uh, the angle. Lashley, both of the matches they've had recently, I thought that's been good. I think. I think they've been good. I don't think they've been great, but I don't think they're any worse than you know Booker T, JBL, and uh, Michael Cole. Before you know, besides uh, JBL, the last two weeks being you know a little bit better. I mean, you wonder what's what's going to happen there. I mean. I think it's an interesting story to follow, but I think that they're gonna have to get they have to get their ducks in a row, or you're gonna have more and more people leave. And you know what? I, I was I personally was surprised when Bobby Lashley decided to stay. You know, so I mean, you know, MVP's there, and you got well, some guys. He, well, he also gets to do his own thing too. True, you're right. I think that's a part of it as well. Like I said, I mean, I I don't think it's the end of the road yet, but if you if you ask me six from six months from now that. Do they do they survive the whole entire deal on Destination America? I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping they do, just because you want you let, you enjoy you know wrestling on a big stage. But Destination America is not exactly a big stage either. Any final comments on uh, TNA at this moment, or we want to move on to our final subject? Yeah, it just you know, I just it, it, I just feel bad. It's just it's bad for the guys. It's bad for the, the workers. I have heard the shows have been much better than they were. No, maybe over this last year or so, TNA started to have some better shows since the summertime, really. And, you know, but it's sad what's happening to the company. And um, they haven't been able to find a home yet. So, you know, we'll see how things work out. Absolutely. Final subject of the, of the day. We have two things to choose from. We've got, uh, we can go with WWE Network talking to, to both Jim Ross and Mick Foley about having their shows on the network, or we can talk about uh, NXT last week with uh, a, the whole entire Hideo Tommy uh, situation with him, you know, winning that tournament and the package they did on uh, for his experience at WrestleMania. It's up to you which one you want to go with. 
Yeah, I enjoyed the Atami thing. Uh, you know, just talk about that real quick. Don't have to go into it too much. Um, I thought the Atami thing was really good. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, it was very campy and stuff like that. But they showed his kids. They showed what it meant to him to be there. Um, I, I, I love, like, the backstage seg backstage stuff when the wrestlers come up to him. Like, they didn't even know who he is. It's super awkward, like the big show. Like, I, you know, I don't know. But it, I thought I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the stuff with his wife and his kids. I thought that was really cool. He did the GTS, which I thought was awesome, um, his original finisher. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was a really nice, touching special. I agree. I mean, I, I would have, uh, I kind of, after I was finished watching it, I kind of thought that he might be coming up to the main roster sooner than later. But uh, who knows? We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But it kind of felt like he's done everything he can there, and it was time to move on. But who knows? We'll see what happens. Maybe him and Breeze will have another, you know, 14 matches together because they have such good chemistry. But let, let's get to the final thing of the day. Your, your thoughts, WWE Network is not exactly what you call as, you know, the most programming out there. And it appears that, I don't know if it's mending fences with people, but Mick Foley and Jim Ross both have, you know, one-man shows they do. One is more of like a comedy show and the other with Mick Foley where he goes around the country. And he's actually, you know, been pretty good at it from what we've heard. And then Jim Ross with his, uh, his shows that he does with Court Bauer, Court Bauer who uh, recently left ROH. Um, what do you think with the idea of them maybe mending fences and, two, getting some more programming on the on the network? Well, I mean, th these shows are for our type of audience. They're for the male, adult male crowd, whether they like the internet or not. But that's what it's for. It's for older wrestling fans who, who like this stuff, who are into it. I think it's a great idea. I think this is stuff that the WWE we talked about should have done a year ago. Your audience is not 10-year-old kids for the network. It's not. The, the people who get this network are, are, you know, older people. And they want adult content. They want guys who they like, who they grew up watching. Cartoons and throwing stuff in like that is fine. But they want other content. And it's also pretty cheap to do. I mean... It's easy to, you know, kind of just put put out there what's already out there. Basically, videotape, you know, the show. So that's easy. Um, it's easy to put out there. And yeah, I, I think it's good that they're that they're looking to uh, do some stuff with both of those guys. I've heard that Jim Ross's shows have been good. Um, Foley shows, I, I really, I have to be honest, I don't really know much about them. I guess I heard they're funny, but um, I've heard Jim Ross's shows are pretty good. And you know what? I think it's a nice step of offering, besides the classic stuff they have on the network, offering some other type of projects like this is a good step in the right direction. And I think it. I think that it can only help. I mean, this is, might be the first step to maybe having you know the Jr. podcast maybe on the network also maybe for he does an interview every once in a while, and we'll we'll see where all this goes. I mean, content is is key, and if you can get it at a decent price, that's even better. I mean, I think that, you know, going back around, now that Taz is looking for, mostly needs a job, wouldn't be surprised if he winds up maybe doing some stuff with, you know, maybe Joey Styles again, you know, with maybe some ECW programming possibly here and there. So I think it's a very interesting time with the network, and we'll see where this goes. But, Jay, uh, I think we really brought a lot of good stuff today. How about you let people know how they can go and follow us and uh, – you know, ask us a question, just like 
Andrew QND on Twitter did this week, which once again, we really appreciate his support and bringing a topic to the podcast this week. Yeah, guys, if you have questions, definitely uh, hit us up on Twitter at worked shoot pod and at paladin 808. Um, you know, we definitely try to get to you, try to answer your questions, whether it's on Twitter or in the show. Um, we're also on Facebook at the work shoot podcast. We have a Facebook page as well. Um, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes at the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast so you never miss a show with Corey and I's kind of crazy schedule in the summer coming up. You know, there's always going to be, we're, we may not be consistent in terms of when the show is going to come out, whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, you know, and if we, you know, get an uh, inkling to do a show more than once a week, you'll never miss a show. So subscribe on iTunes at the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can also go to our website, www.workshoot.podomatic.com. That's workshoot.podomatic.com. Um, and that has a lot of our old podcasts on there as well. And the official uh, sponsor of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast, which is Punch Apparel, that's P-U-N-C, Apparel. You can go to their website, www.punc.co. Oh, I don't know if I threw too many W's in there. www.punc.co. Um, for the latest on apparel, they have sweatshirts, T-shirts. Um, it's starting to get warm out, so you might want to get a cool T-shirt. You know, Hendrix, Nirvana, um, uh, insignias with, like, the punch uh, insignia on there. Some pretty cool stuff. Type in SHOOT at checkout, all in caps, and you'll save uh, 15% off on your purchase. So type in SHOOT, S-H-O-O-T, all in caps, and you save 15% off. And shipping is free worldwide, so you don't have to pay for shipping. Perfect. I could have not done that better if I did it myself, and thank God you did it, not me. Uh, just a couple of quick closing ideas for me. Uh, everybody, you know, go out there and uh, check out our buddies uh, at the Kitchen Sink. Also a part of the Potomatic uh, network of shows with Eddie Z and Christopher Wizard. They're putting up new shows at a quicker rate right now so that's always great they're always a fun and entertaining listen some weird weird stuff goes on that show at times so it always keeps you on your toes um and just want to say i i'm gonna watch it tonight uh jay i guess saw it already but i'm gonna definitely go out of your way now that it's on rohwrestling.com this past week's uh tv program with the um joe versus uh, Jay Briscoe match. I hear that was a very well done match, and you should go out of your way to see it. And you know, like I say every week, New Japan World, great value. People go out there see some of the best stuff on in the world there. And uh, Jason, like always, it's been a pleasure. You know, anything else to say to the fans before we go? I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Great.